This is part one of a two-part podcast. Hi, this is Mark. Sometimes talking to a friend or family member about permaculture can be met with a blank stare if it's all new to them. A great way to explain some of it can be over a card game using permaculture playing cards, which each have interesting facts with quality illustrations and descriptions. A wide range of people, places, and things, all related to permaculture, can be found on the permaculture playing cards at richsoil.com forward slash cards. All right, so uh, we're doing this back down. Ashley's here. Um, uh, we have scheduled to kind of review chapter four of building a better world in your backyard instead of being in your bad guys. But, uh, I want to, there's some smacky, smacky things to talk about first. And, and so, um, uh, and it's possible we won't even get to reviewing the book. And if, you know, we, we either will or we won't, but this is, this is a time I, I kind of like the idea of the smackdown being like, Let's talk about the tougher issues in permaculture or even how permaculture relates to, like, you know, recent events or something uh, or recent philosophies or I don't know, something something along those lines. But um, so, Ashley, it seems like as we started uh, talking about what we're going to be talking about today, then you had a lot of stuff. One thing is, is that did you say you're, you went back? To podcast number one, yeah, and you started over again. Yeah, I there was I had been kind of listening through them sporadically, but I guess I wanted to be one of those people that you're you asked eventually how many podcasts have you listened to, and I could be say all of them. Okay, cool, cool, <laughs> good. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of bizarre how many there are. And then as you were, like, telling me some of the things you've listened to, I was kind of thinking, like, wow, that was a long time ago. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. It's probably been more than 10 years is my guess. Yeah, I was trying to look at the time stamp on, uh, on the file, but I don't know if that was when it was created or when it, I downloaded it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this is a good time to put it. So um, I made a brand-new link at Permies called permies.com slash gob, and it'll take mm-hmm. you to the uh, downloadable gob because it's like all the podcasts are all available forever and ever and ever for free. But isn't it like – are we at like number 600 now or something? Yeah, uh, into the 600s for sure. Yeah, and so – that would mean you've got to go to 600 different threads to get the links and uh, download them one at a time. And you can do that if you want. But under the advice from Jack, I uh, made a thread where for 20 bucks that there's a collection of like, I don't know, uh, 10 uh, zip files. Yeah. And each, each zip file contains 40 podcasts. Yeah, so I have those zip files, and I think I actually paid for them with Pi at some point. <laughs> I have forgotten all about setting it up for Pi, but okay, cool, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, and uh, I think we put a bunch of other little bits and bobs in there too from a long time ago. But I do know that when we get it, when we get to a point, then we um, have more zip files, and we put them in there. And um, but. My understanding is, is because I I don't really listen to podcasts like ever. No. Oh. And so I'm not I'm not a podcast consumer, 
Um, but my understanding is, is that somehow this is super convenient. Like if you can get all these zip files. That's oh, it, it really is. Okay. And, um, so yeah, permies.com slash gob. Uh, one, one news item I wrote down and I got some feelings about it. And that is that Sydney Poitier died. Like, yesterday. oh. And, um, I know that there is a movie of his that I really like. And, um, uh, uh, anyway, um, and I, but it's like, I don't know if anybody else will like it. Uh, I've shown it to lots of people that are here that are foolish enough to say, let's watch a movie. And then, uh, I, cause I've watched this now probably more than a dozen times, I think, but it's the, uh, the simple life of Noah Dearborn. Oh, I don't know if I know that one. And I don't know if it's available. I mean, I own the DVD. And so, I mean, I started watching it so many times. I bought the DVD. And uh, so I've got it here, and, and that's what we watched on here. But all I want to say is is that um, uh, it's great. It's it's about hard work. And, I mean, it, 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 it kind of smells like a Hallmark special or something like that. I, I, I mean, it's definitely a made-for-TV movie. But, um, oh, and it's got Mary Louise Parker in it too. And a couple of other famous actory people. But, uh, the thing is, is that, um, uh, I don't know. It's got such a beauty to it for a love of doing good work. And I just so thoroughly enjoy it. So, of all the Sidney Poitier movies out there, I mean, I've seen I probably most of them because he's he is great. Um, that, but there's this one that I think is very permaculture esque, and uh, um, in a way, I don't know how to describe it exactly. Um, but I encourage people to to have a look. The Simple Life of Noah Dearborn. Well, it's on mine to watch this now. It's got an 85% score on Rotten Tomatoes, actually. Yeah. I, I, I know I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I, yeah. I I don't want to give the storyline away. <laughs> I guess I in the... I thinking in, that, like, whenever I, I watch the, uh, like, Mizumaki movies, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but it always makes me think of permaculture. So, um, so you, you mentioned a couple of the, the shows from a long time ago, and one of them you mentioned was Fathead. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I remember recording that. That was a very, very long time ago. And, um, and I, as some, for some reason, I don't remember exactly why, I ended up talking to the guy that made the movie, like exchanging emails with it. Uh, and, <laughs> And, That's an uh, awesome plus of making a podcast. <laughs> I think maybe. And and so uh I think I remember him trying to ask me some permaculture questions. And one of the things he said was something about having a bonfire. And I I remember saying, Oh, um, I'd like to encourage you to find other things to do with all that wood. Because it sounded like what they did was is they had a piece of property in the 
there was a bunch of woody bits kind of getting out of hand, and so they gathered them all up and put them into a big pile, and they let it dry, and they were going to set it on fire. And um, I just kind of want him to use that wood for something else rather than putting it up into the atmosphere. And so I, I don't think I was persuasive. I think they went ahead and did their bonfire. And I think a lot of it is, is just, he was just all tasted up for a, for a bonfire. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you could have a smaller bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's still pretty cool. You just don't stand as far away. Yeah. <laughs> and because uh, all that organic matter, we want it in our soil, and it's kind of like it's, it comes in these very convenient stick-shaped packages to go and, you know, I'm going to put this one here and put this one there. <laughs> there we go. We're all good. And, and it's kind of like I'd, uh, there's there's tons and tons and tons of things you can do with that wood. I mean, hugo culture, but if you, if you snip it up into foot-long pieces, it makes a really great mulch. Um, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff to do with it instead of burning it. Like just it, burning it in a pot. You could burn it in a rocket mass heater. Yeah, it's my, it's funny. My husband will keep like say tidying the yard, and he'll make a pile beside our like outdoor fire pit in case we want to have people over to like roast like weenies or something. And I keep dragging it all the way and using it for mulch. <laughs> How does that feel now to say the word husband? Oh, it's it's great. Yeah. It's the I it's actually the husband word's actually not the one that makes me feel weird. It's the word wife. I keep on saying wife instead. <laughs> well, you are in Canada. They got that whole other language they sport. Wife sounds a little that's not the that's that's not the French pronunciation of it, is it? Not that I know, but I should know cuz I'm half like Quebecois, but I don't speak a lick of French. <laughs> They have a different word for everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, uh, the other thing is, is that you've been listening to Helen Atow stuff. Mm-hmm. And Helen should be arriving here tomorrow. So as we're recording this, it's like one day before the Guard Master Course begins. And yeah. um, uh I, I believe we have precisely one ticket left. So somebody bought a ticket oh. yesterday. Nice. And, uh, cause we were down to two. And, uh, so somebody bought a ticket yesterday and they're, you know, and I'm kind of thinking, it seems like there's always one person that buys a ticket just hours before the, the event starts. Yeah. Um, the online stuff has been tested. Um, oh, good. And, uh, they're, they're, Everything they say is good, but I keep saying, like, send me a Zoom link so I can, like, watch it all on Zoom, like, how we're going to do it and everything. Yeah. And uh, we have, we're have we going to do that right after we record this podcast today. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's um, good for me because I will be the, the Zoomy person. So um, I'm, you know, I keep getting asked by, I don't know, dozens and dozens of people, and they're all kind of losing their shit. Uh, they, they want the video afterwards yeah and um and i i can't commit to that because i kind of feel like we're taking 15 big leaps here already yeah and uh i i can't i kind of feel like if we were only taking one or two leaps i could say yeah there there will be video yeah but 
but I kind of feel like we're taking so many, so many big leaps here. I just, I don't know if there will be video and I don't know what the quality will be like. And I'm just nervous about all of it because it's like sometimes the sound is wonky and sometimes, you know, that didn't work or this didn't work or whatever. And there isn't anything. And so then what? And so, ugh, I'm crazy nervous. But, you know, if, if we get it, um, then it's like, a, does it need a little bit of editing and things of that nature? Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. I think it is a good opportunity to experiment for, say, again, future events. Like, I don't think I'll be able to attend the PTJ. Um, and I would love to see, because there's the thread up for um, the different tracks that might be available and they make me really excited. <laughs> yeah. we I, I made a thread uh, listing. I did a poor man's poll. I, you know what? I've never gotten feedback on this. Maybe you can tell me. Yeah. I, I like doing the poor man's poll. I think it's a fun format. And I think so too. Good. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's just a stupid thing. All you got to do is, I, you know, you, you list the thing at the top, and then for each post, it's like, you know, here's a here's an item. Just click on the thumbs up or the plus one if you're mobile for each item that you like. And that, yeah. that's it. And then that's we look it. at it later, and some of them have 50 thumbs ups, and some of them have 20, and some of them have one, and some of them have 100. And, and so it's kind of like, yeah, all right. So, um, so I, anyway, we, we put the list up there and, uh, I, I, I put a, I don't know, like, uh, 60 items on there. Yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> and there were a lot of things that I thought were pretty powerful. Like I would have definitely put them into the PDJ for this year and they got like four upvotes. And I, I kind of noticed that too. <laughs> and then there was stuff where I kind of thought, eh, people aren't going to be into this, but I'll put it up there. We'll see. And it's like 60 upvotes. Really? Oh. Yeah. Wow. I think one of them was like insulated curtains or something like that. Like making. Right. Like right. The, the window quilts. Yeah. The window quilts. That was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so there's there's window quilts and then there's um I think I think one of the big ones was come build your own shippable core and, and take it home. Yes, yeah. And uh and we'll do it we'll do uh uh, uh Uncle Mud's uh cottage rocket saw which he has optimized a lot over the years. Mm. And and we would need people to, you know, uh pay for the materials and stuff. Yeah. But uh but sure. You know, take it on, take it on home. And so mud's all, you know, going to teach that. And, and then another one was, um, uh, to do a spring terrace. And yes. so, um, Alan Booker said, I'll, I'll teach that. We'll go and build a spring terrace up on, up on the lab. And, uh, uh, okay. Now he's, now he's kind of backed off about two steps and he says, first, we need to find out if there's a place that'll have the underground gobbledygook to support it. 
Mm. And it's like, well, that could be a, a class. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Figure out whether, because frankly, I think making it is easy. It's figuring out whether or not you can make it. That's hard. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> so uh, he and I have been exchanging emails about that one. Um, the other thing is, is that we've been putting together a list of the possible instructors. And um, uh, and one of the things we want to do is, like, for an instructor we've never worked with before, uh, if they come in to do four full days of instruction, and it'll be a 10-day event, and the, and the format's five days, two butterfly days, and then five days. Mm, but if, okay. uh, if somebody will commit <clears throat> to being uh, an instructor, a uh, lead on a build for four days, they can have a ticket to the whole event. And, and then we can look over their work and stuff and see if they were a good fit. And maybe we'll have them back, um, you know, in a paid position later. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Now the other thing is, is that, um, I'm, I'm hoping to entice more videographers here, like in the boot camp because, mm. um, and, and what we're doing is we offer a lot of money right now for people who will record and edit a YouTube video to go into my YouTube channel. And then hopefully if we have like a lot of videographers here, then um, uh, when the time comes that we do the PDJ, then we can record it and maybe we can make a movie or something and, Mm. you know, do a, do a Kickstarter with that. But this last PDJ, we had some people that had some video cameras and stuff and they took a little bit here and there. But it wasn't anything of enough quantity to make a movie or. Oh, okay. And like one guy did put up like an 11 minute long video of just lots of bits and bobs where, you know, he videoed lots of different things, you know, and, and, uh, and so he put it up. Um, and, you know, but it was just like a nice little postcard from, from the PDJ. It, it right. wasn't like hardcore. Here's all the things that we're building, kind of stuff. So maybe a bad time to mention my husband has a background in videography. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, the border is open, isn't it? Uh. <laughs> I mean, you don't even live that far away from here. You're just barely on the other side of the Canadian border. Yeah, I'm barely Canadian. <laughs> I mean, like, you could throw rocks and hit the border kind of a thing. And it's kind yeah. of like, yeah. And, and so it's pop on over you know, kind of a thing. Um, in fact, I should say, we currently don't have a cook lined up for the summer events. We, <laughs> we need a cook. And one of the things that we do is we pay, and I think we pay pretty decent. But in, in addition to that, for uh, for – if if you uh, cook for all three events, you get three event tickets. So well, unfortunately, uh, Mike has already uh, snapped me up for the skip event, so I've committed to that one. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm I'm kind of trying to throw it out there for anybody that's listening that wants to be a cook for an upcoming event, and uh, especially this Ooh. upcoming summer. I mean, I'd like to get that sorted out. Um, and and get get a you know get a get a cook here. Uh, I, might have to, I might have to poke a friend on that one. He that's kind of his jam. 
Ooh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. And he can he can make jam. <laughs> He's also a massage therapist, so he makes friends easily. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh. All right. So Helen's going to arrive here really soon. Uh. The red cabin is the floor is now insulated. Three walls are insulated. One of the walls is we we poked some holes in it and took a look at what was there. It is it is joke insulated. I mean. There's insulation in there, but it's done so poorly that you might as well say it's not insulated at all. And we did the same thing with the ceiling. It's like, oh, are you, is this for real? So yeah. um, we need to finish it, but hopefully Helen will be comfortable. And yeah. um, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I am so excited to have the opportunity to learn from Helen. I, like, I can't articulate how excited I am. Yeah, I've heard from people that have listened to all of my podcasts twice. Yeah. And they've listened to the ones with Helen four times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so a lot of people are super looking forward to this. And uh yeah, in fact, I I I thought I came up with something rather brilliant today and um so we had somebody from Canada, you've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and they said, "What the hell? I'm trying to get the live streaming version of uh, Helen's class, the the Garden Master Course, and it says it won't sell it to me because I live in Canada." And it's like, yeah. <laughs> you guys have weird tax stuff, <laughs> and it's like I, I don't want to. Because uh, we used to have uh, Scubbly, we used to use Scubbly, which was in Canada. And um, then one day they said, we're going out of business. And it turned out it had something to do with VAT taxes. And yeah. um, and so, like, Europe came after came after the guy. And, uh, and so he went out of business. Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of like, I don't understand how all that works. But I, from what I do understand is <clears throat> all these different countries have different rates of taxation. And it's like I, I, I'm not – my understanding is, is that there could be a city within a country that could say, oh, and we have VAT also. So if somebody buys your stuff from our city, you have to file all the paperwork and stuff for every country and possibly every city oh. and pay all the VAT taxes. And it's like – I'm just, I'm not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. No. I don't want to have anything to do with it. So anyway, I was kind of like, yeah, uh, sorry, um, we're not going to touch that. And then I got this idea because of course we'll sell physical products to people all over the world. No problem because the physical product goes and then when it arrives in their faraway country, then the postman or whatever, the Whoever the postal person is, I'm trying to say, postman, that's wrong. <laughs> the <laughs> postal person. <laughs> I know here in the United States it's letter carrier, but is that the same for all other uh, countries? I don't know. But anyway, this postal person is then going to, like, sort out the VAT. And it's like, so we don't have to worry about it. We just send the thing. 
and then the VAT gets added on when it's delivered. Mm. It's like, huh, okay, fine. It's all. So then, uh, today, this morning, I set up a thing for this, for this gal who, uh, you know, so we set it up and I said, here, how about that? And that was like, I don't know, six hours ago. And uh, she hasn't bought it. <laughs> but what I did was, is I said, okay, you get to have the course plus my book. And Ooh. and we'll ship you the book. And when the book arrives, you pay the VAT. It's all taken care of. So the course plus the book. Yeah, I I thought it was smart. I think so. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, ha I solved it. And so, uh, uh, and, and they get a copy of my book. Uh, Hi, this is Mark. Sometimes talking to a friend or family member about permaculture can be met with a blank stare if it's all new to them. A great way to explain some of it can be over a card game using permaculture playing cards, which each have interesting facts with quality illustrations and descriptions. A wide range of people, places, and things, all related to permaculture, can be found on the permaculture playing cards at richsoil.com forward slash cards. But, okay, so I, I set up this thing. And I announced it on the monthly-ish, and uh, I told this person about it, and so far, nobody has bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a single person. I, I kind of feel like, really? So that's that's how, why it is. It's like you try 100 things, two of them will work out. You never know in advance which two. Yeah. So, so this is... I guess this is turning out to be one of the 98. I thought, oh, I'm so smart. I fixed it all. <laughs> and it's like, nope, 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 nope. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. All right. Next item on the list. Um, you mentioned that you listened to my podcast about Atlas Shrugged, which yeah. I believe is because I watched the movie, which was absolutely horrible. Oh, I didn't watch the movie. Yeah. Good job. Don't watch the movie. Oh, man, <laughs> that was such a stinker. It was so bad. Um, but uh, uh, it's it sounded like, because my analysis was, is that first, I like the book, which I think requires 98% of the population to hate my guts. Like, yeah, I'm that's a, the feeling I got, too. <laughs> I'm an I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm political. I'm whatever. Whatever their psychosis is, that's what I have. And uh, um, so, right, there's there's this long, long list of reasons why no one's allowed to like the book. And um, and now it's been, I think, I think ten years. Yeah, I was looking at the um, timestamp, and I think it was what 2012. It says it was created. Oh wow! Okay, <clears throat> so. It's been 10 years, and I'm not sure if I've read the book since then. I if I have, I mean, I'm, if I have, it was definitely before I moved on to this property, which was more than eight years ago. So it's been a very long time since I've read the book. So now you're saying you liked the book. Yeah, I did. Okay. And so now everybody has to hate you also. Yeah. Right. And so they're all going to line up and tell you what's wrong with you. 
based upon the fact that you like this book. I felt that it was a book about personal integrity, like the value of personal integrity, how it's good to have personal integrity, and how the heroes are heroes because they have personal integrity. I, I kind of I thought that's what the book was about. And yeah, I I can't say that I disagree. I I mean, even just how the book was written, I found it a very entertaining book. Like I was invested in the characters, and I like I wanted to know what the outcome was, and I was hooked. So just like beyond what the book was trying to get at, like I I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed reading it. Yeah, and I have, I there are people that I have met <clears throat> where they heard me say this, and I I happen to know a little bit about. I'm thinking of two different people right now, where each of those people has values that I find to be very questionable, and and they struggle with things. They, they, both of them kind of expect people to give them things. Like one of them expects the government to give them things just mm. constantly. And the other one kind of expects all other people in their life to give them all the things because they need things and they sure as hell aren't going to go get it for themselves. Therefore people need to give me things. And, and so it's like, and I think if you're going to live your life that way, I kind of don't care. I just kind of don't want that life mixed in with my life very much, but I'll, you know, I'll talk to people and whatnot. And so I somehow ended up mentioning the book and they were like, Oh, okay. I'm going to read it. And then both of these people like found the style of writing to be undigestible hmm. and, and they couldn't make it past like 30 pages. It was, hmm. it was on, the book was unbearable. They couldn't understand what was even the point of saying the things that were being said. And they were struggling with like sentence structure. They, really? Yeah, that's what they said. Huh. But I kind of feel like if the things being suggested in the book are difficult, like if they, if they are contrary to your own personal values, it might be tough. Yeah, that that's well. That's kind of funny because if I were to consider like my personal values, like going into reading that book, I would say like they are actually quite opposite to where I would have seen myself on a like say political spectrum. Like I I I'm an advocate for social programs. Like I. And that sort of like community structure, but I thought that the book was such a good conversation about how, how, I just like how you could create such a great system and like have really good intentions that destroyed something that was like, so beneficial like to me just like the conversations the characters were having and like the emotions they had towards their like opinions were just like a very good conversation to me to think 
in a different way. And I thought that I learned quite a bit from reading that book, but that's just me. See, I kind of felt like there, there was like the mention of government was kind of like, okay, here's a science place, which is paid for by the government. Yeah. And, and it was kind of like, okay, they, and they do some stuff there and they're regarded as great. In the meantime, you've got like Hank Reardon. <laughs> See, I can still even remember the names. I mean, I think yeah, I've read the book, work. like, I think I've read the book about six times. Um, and, and, uh, so Hank Reardon, and he's like developing an entirely new kind of metal. And, mm. and then you've got, uh, you know, what's his butt who's developed that energy from air thing. You know, electricity from air. John, yeah. And, and then it's kind of like, um, but in the meantime, I don't know, I don't recall what the science institute or whatever it was called, like what, what they, uh, developed. But, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's hard to innovate when you've got so many, uh, taskmasters. Yeah. You got so many people telling you what you can and cannot do. It's, well, in fact, it ties into the garden master course. So yeah. Helen, Helen taught the master gardener program for 17 years. And every year the leash around her throat got tighter and tighter and tighter. And, um, she was required to, uh, she was, in fact, the prime directive is you can never suggest that organic is better than chemac. You are forbidden yeah. to suggest it. And we as master gardeners were told that too. As you are, you are now going to go into the master gardener program because now that you've finished the master gardener program, you got to go into the master gardener program. So that there's the part where you learn and then there's the part where you have to do your time. Yeah. So, so now that you've been trained, you have to make yourself available to the general public to do stuff. And we were told that we were never allowed to suggest that organic is better than camp. And, um, but Helen, uh, of course, the, you know, as teaching the master gardener program, that's because she is the county extension agent for Missoula County, which is an extension of the state ag school, uh, Montana State University, which is, let's say, um, euphemistically, uh, uh, strongly influenced by ChemAg. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm choosing to not say under the thumb of or directly controlled or anything like that, which might be actually more accurate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm choosing to step away from that. Strongly influenced. And so, um, <clears throat> the rules got stricter and stricter and stricter where you're damn, you're right, right up to the edge of like the only thing you're allowed to do is to advertise for Kim Ag. Right. And so it's like, holy shit, this is, this is, this is grim. So, so now she's able to do what she really wants to do. Yeah. She's finally able to teach the course that she wants to teach. And of course, uh, you know, you can't teach the master gardener course because that's, you know, controlled by others. So we hereby present the garden master course. And it, um, it's one of the reasons I'm so excited for it because 
I got to see how, like, from listening to the podcast and through Permi's kind of, like, getting linked to her site and seeing what she's doing, because she came from that sort of, like, I want to say traditional egg research background, and that now she's created this, like, environment for herself where she just gets to, like, fully pursue what she's passionate about and totally nerd out about it, and I'm just so excited. <laughs> I I don't know of anybody else that, that operates a profitable uh, commercial food forest. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think that's pretty huge. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. So basically I have taken her master gardener. I took her first ever offered master gardener program and I took her last master mm. gardener program. Um, and, uh, and now I'm, I'm proud to, to be hosting her first ever garden master program. Uh, and so. Very much looking forward to it. I will do my best to be in the class as much as possible. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be right there shouting is, obnoxious things in her general direction. Is Alan Booker participating as well? Yep. He was the oh first person gosh. to sign up. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Don't you wish you were here now? <laughs> I wish I was there so badly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sucks to be you. Uh. <laughs> So, uh, uh, yeah, Alan Bucker will be here. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, we've got several of, uh, the boots from the past who did their time in the boot camp and then they traded their time for access to this class. Oh, and excellent. so a lot of lovely boots will be back. Um, uh, yeah, lots of people that have been here for past events will be here for this event. And, uh, it's, it's great. I know that, like I saw JR. Uh, mm. is here and, and he's, um, he's currently warming up Cooper Cabin. Oh, you know? nice. That's a, that's an important thing about a rocket mass heater is that, uh, if you let it get cold, it takes, it takes a long time to get it warmed up. Because mm. the yeah. idea is, is that you keep it warm. You keep putting a small fire in it every day and yeah. it keeps everything warm. But if you let it, if you let that mass get down to, <laughs> You know, 30 degrees or something. It's like, okay, this is going to take a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's up there at Cooper Cabin warming it up. Um, I'm pretty sure oh. Ash is partic- participating virtually. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we got the solarium corked, as oh. we say. So it's, it's sealed, but it is not yet insulated. And so, oh, okay. yeah. um, but uh, we do have a full-sized eight-inch rocket mass heater in there, and I was in there yesterday, and it was sixty-five. Oh, and so nice. um, I don't. I imagine that today they're going to try to get it up to a nice crisp eighty degrees, you know, so that way they can let it coast down to something a little cooler. But the, the key is, is to get the mass heated up. Yeah. Yeah, and so even though it's not insulated, it should be able to be plenty warm. Um, anyway, all, all kinds of, Atlas Shrug, Atlas Shrug. Um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 well, of course, I've already got a podcast about, so I don't really have anything more to say. I do, I do feel like there's a lot of commentary about like, um, the people who have not read the book hate it for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, 
I've heard a lot of people say that they hate it because the author is into some weird sex stuff. Like, in her private life, she's done some really crazy sex things. <laughs> and I kind of feel like, don't we... Don't we expect that of all our artists, <laughs> all our creative folks? Don't we kind of, isn't that what they're supposed to do? Um, yeah. And and uh, so, I don't know. I kind of feel like that, that's kind of normal. Um, I've heard from some other, I've heard from some other people things that, that the reason why they hate the people that like the book is stuff that I don't, I can't even make sense of. And I think I'm learning more about the, person hating that I am about the book. Mm-hmm. But I do I do kind of believe that when you hear about how people hate the book, you learn all about that person hating rather than about the book. Maybe yeah. that's what it maybe the book brings out certain things. And uh anyway, <clears throat> how about this? Do you have anything more to say about Atlas Shrugged at this time? I mean I think it's a pretty strong narrative from a point of view that, like, if the conversation was like, okay, well, if you like Atlas Shrugged, but you wanted to see the counter narrative, read this book and, like, have a conversation about it, I would love that. Instead of just being like, oh, you like that book? Um, Yeah, I can't be your friend anymore. Um. I thought it's like when uh, I've I've heard I'm I'm trying not to throw a name out and I'm going to say there is somebody whose opinion I value who said that they felt that it read too much like 1984. Okay, it it was too Orwellian, and I kind of thought you know it kind of does go into an Orwellian state. Yeah, that's that is a that is a good point. That is a fair point. And so, um, I, I don't know. I still like it, but I'm, I'm used to kind of being hated. Um, I, 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 I like to pretend that I have the level of integrity and innovation as the heroes in the book. I choose mm-hmm. to pretend that just as some people might pretend that they uh, are Superman or Batman or something like that. I'll, I'll pretend this thing. So um, I hope that I am creating stuff that makes a large positive impact on permaculture. And, um, and, and yeah, maybe, and I, I certainly people are hating me for it. Just like the heroes in that book were hated. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think there is something to take away for I'm a, the sort of person who really wants everyone to like them, but if you're trying to do something innovative, that's not really possible to have everyone like you and still be innovative. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think another effect that happens is that I can express 100 opinions. And um, I think most people will agree with 98. They might, let's say, they might agree with 98 of those 100. But if they disagree with two, then I'm an idiot. I'm a yeah. fool. And, um, you know, I'm, 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 uh, 
dumb and all the, you know, the whole list of all the reasons to hate, which I think is, is rather fascinating is that, uh, I think it's, I think it says a lot about the people that might not agree with me, but continue to listen to the podcasts and enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, as opposed, because I guess in a way it worked out great that, you know, somebody decided they hated me and so then, um, they left and, uh, they, they're not going to listen to more podcasts. It's like, that's fine. That, that worked out wonderfully. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Now, when I think back on the old podcasts, <clears throat> then, um, the one, the one that I think of the most, well, boy, now I'm thinking of like even, so I, first I was going to say number eight, but actually number seven was a powerful one. And that's the one with Larry. Oh, Korn. yeah. And it's like, I kind of feel like that was huge talking to Larry Korn about him. He spent three years with Masanobu Fukuoka. Mm-hmm. And, and Helen, by the way, used to be uh, an intern with Masanobu Fukuoka. It was actually the the one straw revolution that, like, I think was, like, the first click moment I had. Like, it that was, like, I distinctly remember reading that book in my life being on a completely different trajectory after. <laughs> you know, we talked about the click. Yes. And um, I have heard from probably 25 people since then who then told me about their click moment mm. and and how they're, you know, they're in that click space now. And so um, we should, we should, you know, for unmarried people, make a, make a dating site just for click people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you, you felt that you had the click, you experienced the click. And so let's, uh, let's connect you with somebody else. Yeah. I luckily just keep, uh, <laughs> feeding my husband rocket mass eater books in hopes that we'll be here. Did you get the draft copy of my rocket mass eater book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I also uh, got Erica and um oh, Erica and Ernie's book. book. Yeah. Yeah. Erica contributed a little bit to our book. She was going to write it with us, but she got she got busy, and ah. so she only wrote a little bit. You know, but we labeled it, Erica wrote that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've had time to look into that book yet. Oh, man. I, after two Kickstarters, the number of, like, documents I still need to go through is astronomical. <laughs> yeah. I want, just imagine how long it takes to make all that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, uh, all right. All right. Cool. Um, this podcast is continued in part two. I'm Edward Norton. No, not that one, the other one, and I love pies. No, not that kind, the other kind. Hermes is an old school forum packed full of friendly people who occasionally give out a slice of pie. You'll never forget your first slice of pie. It made me feel so good, I had to buy a whole pie so I could share the love. Oh, and there's apples too. Sign up at permies.com to join in the world of homesteading and permaculture, and you too might get a slice of pie.